Welcome back to Two Birds, One Stone, a podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL, my go-to in betting on the NFL this holiday season. They've got same-game parlays, easy and fast payouts, player prop options, and much more. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place the same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, point totals, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. This week, I gave Minnesota plus 3.5 against uh, Green Bay. I apologize. Green Bay kicked the shit out of the Vikings and exposed them, so... My apologies if you took that advice. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code TPPN. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Garrett, we've got a really fun uh, episode today. Do you know why? We got a former Cardinals quarterback to come on the show. Drew Anderson uh, was with the team from 2019 to 2020, uh, spent time with Cliff and Kyler, Fitzgerald, all the big names of of those seasons. And we we got to talk to him a lot about those guys, uh, what his process was like coming into the league. Lots of fun stuff. So I think you guys will like it um, a lot. I had a good time. Very cool. Very cool guy. Cool dude. Yeah. Yeah, and you'll see from the highlight tape that we put in in between, the dude could really the dude could play a little bit. I know he he didn't have a long NFL career, but he had like an eighty five pp p what is it p pff he had a pff yeah. grade of like eighty five in those preseason games. So wasn't a bad football you player. You don't make it to the league by being a bad football player, that's for sure. All right. That's right. Um, <clears throat> so we'll get into that. We'll talk about the game in a second, but. I didn't think we could probably come on here and do a football show without acknowledging what happened last night um, in the Bengals-Bills game. Uh, DeMar Hamlin, everybody's already seen and and heard about it now. Um, A freak hit with T. Higgins across the middle. It's come out now that it was forced a cardiac arrest. Um, Obviously, they had to do CPR on the field. Ambulance came on the field, transported to the hospital. Um, As of right now, I think all we know is that it was confirmed cardiac arrest um, that uh, he was he's back to breathing 50 percent on his own. I just read on Twitter a few minutes ago. Um, so so he's still fighting. So we're all praying for him and um, just kind of reminds you, like we all played football growing up like it's a it's a weird game and like weird freak things like that can happen. And, and they happen more often than you think. And from like youth levels up to NFL, just, just not as much, not as often in like the public eye. Um, So it just, it kind of makes you, makes you think about um, how you sit and watch some of these games every Sunday when you're like, Oh damn, these guys out here, they're, it's a, it's a violent game. So we're wishing the best um, for Mr. Hamlin and, uh, and his family. Um, I don't know if you have anything to add to that. It's a hard thing to talk about. So Go do his toy drive. Go fund me. You can find the link on mm-hmm. Twitter almost everywhere. Um, yeah. I think it's before 
four last night. I think it was at like the goal was like fifteen hundred dollars or twenty five hundred dollars, and now it's almost up to five million. So um, don't yeah. to donate to that if you have the means. But thinking and praying for for him and his fam. What's crazy about that is I think he started that when he was just in college at Pittsburgh. So yeah. it, it, it had been yeah. sitting there, and uh, he's it's a second year player. <clears throat> the fact that this is a kid that that's pre nil that didn't care about himself and was doing things like that. It shows you the kind of person that, that, that he is. Um, so it's, it's sad. It's weird. Like, like I said, we all played, we all watch the games every week and you see some horrific things. You see guys with back, neck, head stuff, but that that's a first. And I think that's going to not unfortunately, but rightfully probably change the way a lot of people see uh, the NFL and, and football in general. So um in terms of the game, uh, they stopped the game. They didn't finish it. Um, you all know that. And I don't know as of right now if there's any plans to resume the game. Uh, the NFL came out today and that they, they don't have a plan yet. Um, so wouldn't that be nuts if just they, that game just didn't get played? I mean, I, yeah, people are getting killed for it, but it is a, it is an important game with lots of uh, playoff stuff standing and riding on it. So so who knows? That That's it's it's a crazy unfortunate thing that none of us have ever seen before. So there's going to be crazy uh, repercussions for it. So um, I said hard to talk about. But um, as far as the Cardinals game on Sunday, they lose again. So we're, number four spot. We're not picking, I don't think we're picking any lower than six, no matter what. So we could move up as far as number two um, if the Broncos win. And the Bears win, and we lose, which we will, because uh, the Niners will be playing for the number one seed. Uh, we'll jump all the way up to two. And imagine the freaking bags of cash and picks we can get for that number two spot for somebody that wants to come up and get C.J. Stroud or, or Will Levis or one of these quarterbacks. Because these quarterback stocks are only going to go up as we get closer to the, the to the draft and the combine. So, so yeah. Um we won't keep you guys too long. Um, we really were happy with the interview and how it went. Drew was awesome. Um, Garrett, did you have anything you wanted to say before that? Um, shout out to David Blau. He played relatively okay. Good for David Blau. Yeah, relatively okay. Relatively okay. Um, it's David Blau. Um, so shout out to him. Didn't turn the ball over. Yeah, I mean, you'd right. think a guy would go out there and just fucking sling it. You know, that's <laughs> just screw it. I think Drew even talked about it because we kind of asked him about uh, this situation that the Cardinals are in now. I think he he said he wishes he was here a couple years later and <laughs> maybe he'd have a chance. But you, you would think that a guy in this spot might not have many more opportunities would we'll just go out there and let it fucking rip. But hey, maybe that's that's going to look good. That will look good on tape to the other teams for a backup spot somewhere, maybe third string. Who knows? He, I, I watched the game and I didn't think, oh wow, Blau doesn't look like he belongs. He looked, he held his own out there. So I know it was the Falcons, but they did another perfect tank job. They were right there. They kept it close. They didn't get blown out. It was respectable, but they still came out with a loss against another team that's probably trying to lose. So tip my cap. You have the act of losing on almost a science. Well, hell, we have so much practice at it. We should be that's good right. by now. That's right, brother. Um, yeah, so that's that's a little quick recap of everything that else that's going on. Um, 
enjoy these sick Drew Anderson highlights and uh, and the interview. And as always, go Birds. Thanks. It's Derek Carr to A.B. Derek Carr to Terrell Williams throwing the football game. Drew Anderson. That potentially sends it to Drew Locke. Here's Anderson throwing off his back. Oh, back shoulder and pump the touchdown. We are now very excited to welcome on our next guest, former quarterback of your Arizona Cardinals, Drew Anderson. Clap it up, Garrett. Round of applause. I first off wanted to start by saying, Garrett, congratulations to us. We have this shitty little podcast and we have a real life former NFL quarterback that actually agreed to come on here and talk to us for a few minutes. So that's big for us first um you guys you guys are probably podcasts about as successful as my <laughs> professional career so i think we're all about on the same level to be honest that's exactly right that's a good that's perfectly good way to sum it up um no but thank you for coming on we really do appreciate it like i told you before season isn't not a whole lot to talk about right now we could come on and talk about how we lost to the atlanta falcons we're picking fourth that's pretty sick but you know, thought it'd be a good little little change of pace to talk to somebody that was that was in the building and all that crap. So we do appreciate it. Absolutely, um, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Uh, we'll start there then. Um, you came in the league in 2019, undrafted free agent. Same season, Cliff gets hired. Same season, we draft Kyler, number one overall. Just to start, like, what was that whole process like for you? No combine invites, so you've got your pro day. Do you have workouts with other teams? I'm sure your agents kind of lining things up, maybe even as the season's kind of wrapping up. But you know, I, I always found it interesting to see, kind of like, hear about how chaotic that time is for players like you going into it. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. And and honestly, for me, the whole thing happened fast, like. You know, just a year prior, I was a backup quarterback at University of Buffalo. So, like, playing professional football wasn't even really on my radar. And then, you know, the, the starter there got hurt. I went in, had a couple really big games, and uh, started having some agents and people reach out to me. And so that's, you know, a little bit of when I started thinking, okay, maybe, you know, maybe this is something that will be possible. And then and transferred my last year and and played there and started getting more attention um, at Murray State. Um, but then, yeah, you know, obviously wasn't wasn't some big prospect by any means. Um, and then, you know, really worked out for some teams, had a pro day um, with some different teams there and, and was talking to a number of different teams that I thought, you know, uh, would maybe be an option. I was, I was pretty sure I wasn't going to get drafted, you know, like maybe um, a sixth, seventh round thing, but was pretty sure I wasn't going to get drafted. And so then – 
you know, it kind of comes down to really like um, kind of picking the best spot for you. And like my, my agent had a, you know, a list of, of teams that he thought might be the best fit. And he's obviously looking at, um, you know, the, the, the style of play and the quarterbacks they have there at the time, whatever, those sorts of things. And so when it came down to it, you know, um, he, he felt like Arizona was going to be the best spot because there was, you know, a couple other teams. Obviously, once you're not drafted, it's kind of like you can, you know, you'll have a couple different teams reach out and you can kind of pick from there. Um, and so he felt like Arizona was going to be the best spot. So that's what we went with. And uh, no, it was cool. I was, I was excited. I was excited for sure to go to Arizona. What was another one that like stands out? Like, was it like a team, like, I don't know, like the Packers or somewhere like where you could have went behind maybe like a established quarterback to maybe learn the ropes from a little bit. Do any other ones stand out to you besides the Cardinals, obviously? Yeah. Yeah. The other two um, that, that we were kind of thinking about was Detroit um, when Stafford was still there at that time. Uh, but I guess they, you know, I, I guess it, it really was their backup situation wasn't like super solidified. Um, and then Houston as well was was the other spot. So it was really kind of those three. And um, I kind of just left it up to him, though. Um, he's the one who's at least I'm, I'm paying him ideally to be doing that kind of <laughs> stuff, figuring that out. So I was like, I'll just kind of trust him with this. And, uh, you know, he's supposed to know better than me. So he said Arizona was like the top one that he thought. So I was like, all right, Arizona it is. So you go through, you don't obviously go to the combine, like I said, but you, you take the Wonderlick, right? What was your Wonderlick score? You always hear about these quarterbacks. They, think, it's always uh, quarterbacks. You never hear about a, a DB's Wonderlick, you know, but I had no. to put you on the spot. I got to know what was the Wonderlick. And, and I don't even hear about Wonderlick for QBs anymore. I, I'm <laughs> sure they're still doing it, but I don't hear about these scores. I think I had like, a low 30s, I want to say. That's fucking uh, great. Right around I was, 30. I was preparing to ask you this question. You scored higher than Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning had a 28. You should be in the Hall of Fame right now, dude. <laughs> Maybe you, you could probably still sling it. It's not I over. think that settles it. I think that's about settles it then. The wonder we're like is not really worth shit. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's a weird it's a weird thing. It's got almost nothing to do with football, the questions. And the hardest thing is just like you don't have a lot of time. It's really fast. So it's that's probably it's a weird, weird too. test. I was in the middle of doing it and I was like, there's I was in the middle of doing it and I was literally thinking like this is in no way applicable to football. We're going to determine <laughs> how good a guy is at football or anything, but whatever. You know. It's just one of those weird things that they put you through, but other than that, I guess, I don't know, hand size checked out, all that stupid crap that they pay attention to, too. Like, that's got to be – you feel like like cattle or something. They're putting you through, and they're taking all these measurements and poking and prodding. That's got to be such a weird deal, like the pro day and all that. For sure. For sure. And there's, like, one part of it where, you know, you just walk out there. I mean, everybody's seen the Tom Brady picture. You're in, like, compression shorts or, like, underwear, and you walk out there, and there's a room with, like – you know, 50 dudes checking you out. So it's, it's all pretty weird for sure. For sure. Yeah. The hand you, size uh, thing. Left is, for me? Could you turn yeah, exactly. left? You spin? <laughs> At least the hand size, you know, it makes a little sense, I think, but uh, some of the stuff is, is crazy, but it's like, uh, you know, I guess they're looking in this much, you know, detail at everything. So I don't know. I, I don't know how much of it is really uh, necessary, but somebody at some point thought it was, I guess. I pulled I, – I took the, the luxury of pulling some of your oh, day stats. A 4.8540. 
That's not bad. That's, That's not pretty- bad at all. Um, I oh. did notice that you didn't record any any kind of reps for for bench press. What's up with that? No bench press. No <laughs> no chance. That would have not been a good number. I actually, uh, yeah, it would have been a bad number. I haven't bench pressed, and I don't know how long. I tore my pec when I was playing at Buffalo. Yeah. Uh, wasn't even benching before that. Certainly haven't benched since then. So no <laughs> no bench press for me. Yeah, you'd rather uh, not bench than put up a shitty number, you know, and come out looking weird. That would have been it. Yeah, that would have been embarrassing. I feel like a lot of QBs don't bench anyway. You know, it's I can't wear out my arms. I'm about to go toss a ball. I get it. It makes sense. That's a you got exactly. an excuse laid out there for you. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Unless you're gonna crush it, I don't think that it makes much sense to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then yeah. if you do crush it, it's like I don't really know what, what this guy's priorities are. Doesn't really do much for you. Yeah, I get you. Lose, lose. Yeah. yeah. So uh, go, going in, you know, after you get signed, I'm sure like uh, Cliff Kingsbury was one of the first people that you kind of talk with when you get in the building. What are your first impressions of Cliff whenever you first meet him? You know, he's a first year head coach. What is going through your mind whenever you first, you know, kind of chop it up with him? Yeah, I mean, it was awesome. I, I really liked Coach Kingsbury. He was an awesome dude, um, super laid back. Um, but you know, obviously a, a great offensive mind. And I feel like, especially with like the quarterback position specifically, you know, uh, the guys he's developed and, and kind of his expertise there, but, uh, it was all super positive. I, you know, I really liked coach Kingsbury. Um, like I said, laid back dude, just seemed like a guy you can hang out with. Um, so it, it was all real positive. Is that, yeah, was, sure. I, I'd imagine he had a, a different kind of style because obviously there was lots of shit going on when he first got there. The cell phone breaks, the weird, like the way he handled things people hadn't really seen before, like coming from college, even to the pros was the way he did things a little different than you expected. Did you expect it to be a little more ironed down and like and strict? Yeah. Yeah. A little bit, but I think it was interesting because it was like, it was his first time doing that too. You know what I mean? He right. hadn't been in the pros. So I think he was, you know, I was thinking that same thing. I was like, how's, you know, how's all this going to go, whatever. But I think a little, like he was too, a little bit, Yeah. you know? And, and the other thing is I, you know, I, I have nothing else to really compare it to. Um, mm. But obviously just like, you know, compared against college in general, it's obviously a lot more um, business-like kind of, I would say um, in that sense than college, but um, yeah, I mean, it was, it wasn't anything too, too crazy. I think just kind of the hours and everything, obviously it's like now it's, you know, there's really nothing else you're worrying about. It's just football. Um, so it is different in that sense, obviously. Favor the quarterbacks a little bit, get out there, sling it with you guys, talk ball, all that kind of shit. He still got it. Yeah. His arm's still there. Uh. Honestly, I never I, I seen him throw a ball like once. I barely ever saw him throw it. Like there would be other coaches who would have to throw it sometimes, uh, doing like routes on air, but uh I never really saw it once or twice. Maybe I don't know. I think so he's know, hiding it. It is gone. He's, use it or lose it, dude. I mean, I think if you don't throw a ball for ten years, it's probably just doesn't really work like that anymore. But uh no, I mean he ran the QB meetings and everything like that. So obviously it was like, you know, a lot of time in there with him. But uh no, he's a really good dude. Yeah. Okay. So so speaking of the quarterback rooms, the quarterback meetings, all that, you were on Kyler quite a bit. And we heard a lot of crap about Kyler this season in particular, especially with them struggling. So here's your chance. You could go full on Pat Peterson here and, and get a sound bite out there, or you could 
come to his defense. Either way, we're we're gonna clip it for sure. So just a heads up. But what what was Kyler like as a teammate that first year? Um, he was cool. I, I always liked Kyler. I mean, he was a pretty, uh, and I'm I'm sure even just like on the outside, people can tell he's a pretty like reserved kind of private guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I would say that holds up, you know, even, even in a more, you know, being around him a little bit more and being yeah. in the meeting rooms with him. Um, that stuff was real. And, uh, you know, he, he is that way. I think it's hard, like playing that position, honestly, in the NFL. Cause it's like, it's, it's hard if that's your natural kind of demeanor and just nature. Yeah. Um, cause there's a lot on you, you know what I mean? And every single day they want to talk to you. Um, and the thing I had to remind myself too, when I was there, is like, we were both rookies and still, he was like, I think two years younger than me, like, yeah. or maybe a year, like this is a 21, 22 year old guy with, you know, all this, you know, pressure and, and all these different sorts of things. And that's, that's in Arizona, which is not like, it's playing not a huge market, but he's still, a, um, so I think, he's still I think the number tough, one pick you know? and he's still the number one pick and you'd have the keys handed to him right out the gate. Like, like you said, that's crazy that you're in the same position as he is, but you're sitting back and like, you've got to just be kind of like watching kind of like the media circus a little bit, kind of swarm him after every practice, every game that, yeah, it's gotta be crazy. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And the other thing is too, you get in there and you got like, you know, grown men with families who are 35 with, married and kids and they're looking at you too you know what i mean and you're supposed to be the guy leading them um so it's it's a lot i think you know it's it's a lot for anyone yeah for sure so some of the the other guys in that locker room um so you've got guys like larry fitzgerald and patrick peterson's in there chandler jones a younger buddha baker now this part uh we're also probably going to clip and you can tell me to cut it but there's there had to be a tier of guys that looked at the undrafted quarterback as shit on their shoe. And there had to be a tier of guys that were actual human beings and treated you, treated you well. So, so you can name a couple that, that did you right. And maybe you don't even have to name names, but maybe a couple stories of guys that, that might've did you a little, a little dirty. (laughs) I wouldn't say, uh, did me dirty would be strong. You know, I would say uh, maybe just a general uh, indifference. <laughs> That's a fair. couple guys. Um, one guy that was uh, a, a little bit intimidating, let's say, was Terrell Sarris. Yeah. You know, oh, and just not a guy you want to mess with. Let's, let's put it that way. Um, but I would say, you know, most of the guys, especially some of those star players, it's not even like – they're just not even going to mess with me. It's like, who's this guy? You know, it's not like they're going to fuck with you or anything. Um, I would say like, you know, Chandler Jones, David Johnson, those were like really cool guys. Like, you know, wh- whoever it was, they'll chop it up and hang out and talk with you, whatever. Um, I thought, you know, DeAndre Hopkins was a really cool guy. Um, but no, I would say there was never any like, you know, nobody for the most part, like treating you bad. It's just, you know, more than anything, some of them, it's just like, who's this guy? You know what I mean? It more and more a general indifference than like, yeah. you know, any kind of uh, ill will or anything like right. that. And you've got, I mean, some of these guys, like, like I said, Fitz or some of these guys that have been in the league for 10 plus years, they've, 
they see some uh, guys that are in your position that they come in, go out. Like it's, they're probably not going to take the time of the day. Like, and no, might not be sure. the nicest thing, but they've seen it. They've seen a hundred Drew Anderson's come through there. Like, <laughs> you know, there'll be a new one shuffling through next week. What's <laughs> I, I don't think I'm going to be hanging out with this guy too much. So yeah, yeah. I get that. I get that. Yeah. I, I had to ask, but I mean, as, as sitting in the spot where you were undrafted third on the, on the, on the depth chart, we're seeing this season um, right now with, with Trace McSorley earlier on Christmas Day and and David Blau this week starting against against the Falcons. That isn't too far off from you being in that spot. I know. I don't. Were you active in that Seattle game, Kyler? That rookie, uh, your rookie year when Kyler went down. Uh, the game I was active was against the Rams. Rams. Okay. I think it was so, maybe I mean, last game of the year. Okay, so in in a situation where like Kyler does go down, and let's say he's not able to play a few weeks, then it's just Hundley and then you. So very easily, I mean, it, it could have been you in that spot. That's the way the NFL works. Um, putting yourself in Trace's shoes or or David Blau, you're gonna give the 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 media answers like, "Oh, we I prepare all week like to be the guy and all that crap, put in my time." But it, are you secretly kind of shitting your pants like at that point? You think, or 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 do you think these guys are are really ready, rearing and ready to go for this kind of opportunity. Yeah, I don't think uh, – I would say – and I, honestly, that's a really good question. I think that's why you see guys come in sometimes in the middle of the game, like a guy gets hurt and a guy is just thrown right in there. And sometimes they do better in that spot than when you know all week, like, I'm playing. Um it's a good, also a good question. Uh, you know, I came out the wrong year. I should have been coming out this year. Might have, might have got a shot in there. You would probably but, have been playing um, the last like six weeks. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. I, I think it's tougher if when you know all week, and and not necessarily tougher, but you have a lot more time to think about it. You know, and um, yeah. I, I mean, I remember that that one game. Like, you know, uh, they they just had three of us active just because of Kyler had had I, I think a hamstring injury going on, and in that game he came out, yeah. and uh, Brett went in and and pretty early on took a, like a pretty big hit, and I'm like, holy shit, I'm am I gonna be fucking going in here against Aaron Donald? I don't know where my helmet is, uh, <laughs> and then he gives you know he gives a thumbs up, he's good to go. So um, didn't come to that, but. Uh, no, it's yeah. I mean, it's it's obviously not easy and um, not an easy spot to go into, and especially when uh, you know the team's obviously struggling a little bit. But um, the flip side of that is like there's there's no expectations and no real pressure. You know what I mean? For a guy going into that spot, it's like just go out there and let it rip. Um, you know, if you throw a couple picks, that's what everyone thinks you're going to do anyways. So that's true. I yeah. uh, don't don't see uh, the downside. Yeah, I got you. So you spend your couple years there. Like you said earlier, you're coaching now and we'll get into that a little bit, but after you get cut, are you, are you taking calls? Do you know that I want to move on to this coaching part of my career or what was that kind of like transition? Like, cause obviously it's never easy to be like, play this game your whole life to, to be like, okay, I don't have it. And you, and you move on to the next part of part of life, but what was that kind of uh, transition like for you? Yeah, no, that part's uh, I think it's tough for anyone. And honestly, that that's been, you know, it hasn't been that, that long where I totally was kind of um, more so like, all right, you know, I'm moving on. Um, Cause that was when I was released was like the COVID season. 
Um, so I stayed out there um, and worked out for a few different teams. I actually helped and coached the quarterbacks at Queen Creek High School for a little bit. Um, just knew the head coach over there. So helped out and did that. Was just kind of staying in shape. Worked out for a few different teams. And, um, you know, nothing kind of came of that. Um, and then ended up going up to Canada for a little bit. So I was up in Edmonton um, for a little bit there in the CFL and uh, had a little shoulder injury. So came back, came back home and, and kind of while I was doing that, again, started, started helping out coaching and was rehabbing and whatnot, you know, kind of thinking I was going to try and get back into it. And then uh, as I was going, you know, I started to think more like, you know, I, I'm not sure I want to go back up there, especially if it's if it's for, you know, the CFL again um, and, and got the call to go back up there. But, you know, it's late in the year. The team was doing really poorly and and I just kind of, you know, it didn't sound that awesome to me at that point. Um, Fucking cold up there. So, yeah, no, it's a little not not quite like Arizona, but that was kind of the point where, you know, I was kind of like. Um, maybe I'll kind of go all in on, on this coaching thing. So, and, and that was just really last year. Um, so last year was the first season coaching. Um, and, and now this will be the second year. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it took a little bit of a while for sure to kind of, um, decide to move on and be at peace with that. But, um, it's a, it's obviously a hard deal. There's only so many of those jobs. And, and once you're out for a little bit, it, you know, it feels tough to break back into it for sure. Right. So uh, now you're at, like you kind of mentioned, Diablo Valley College. You guys were seven and four this past year. The big, big win in the Gridiron Bowl. Uh, I that's what I've what a 50, 50 burger, fifty one, something Dude. like that. I was Dude. watching that on ESPN three. It was yeah. nuts. You guys oh, were tearing yeah. it up. I think yeah. I think uh, I think it was Joe Buck and Aikman on the call. That's but, right. Uh, Only the big best. time, big time win for the Vikings in a monsoon. So. Uh, no, it's been super fun. Been been the offensive coordinator there for the last two years, um, but it's been great. Been been really fun doing that. And I kind of like I said, I, I came back originally like thinking I was gonna you know try and rehab to get back to play again, but um, started to really enjoy doing this and, and thought maybe I'll you know switch over um, and pursue this instead. So it's been awesome though. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I did a little bit of research, you know, on the team and how your guys' season went. Um, Jordan Cook. Um, I, I watched his huddle highlights. He's a fucking baller. Um, oh, yeah. Freshman, he can sling it. Um, I, I saw, also kind of looked up like his, his, his general build. You guys seem to have sort of the same build, same kind of play style-ish. Um, I, I assume that really helps whenever you're trying to, you know, bring a player along and kind of help them, show them along the way. Um, how, how, how does it make it a lot easier to work with a player like that whenever they have the same build as you do and the same kind of play style? Yeah, um, it does. And I think more so just kind of positionally, you know what I mean? And having been in that same spot, I mean, literally the exact same spot I played at the, the yeah. school that I'm coaching at now. Sure. So like I was that guy and tall and painfully skinny and uh, not super fast. Like doesn't like to do so in terms you of talked about that. <laughs> yeah. Like his specific case is like, uh, so much that I can kind of uh, relate to, I guess. And um, so, yeah, it makes it easier. And I think the quarterbacks in general, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Obviously helping those dudes out. My instinct is to throw the ball a bunch 
you know, the <laughs> O-line coaches don't love that, but it is what it is. So the, I think what you get you for having that. a quarterback as your OC, dude. I mean, they had to see that coming. But no, I that's mean, yeah, you, you know what you're getting into there. I think you got yeah. to. I mean, those kids, I mean, that's got to be cool for them. They're going to a smaller school like that to have you, you somebody there that's <clears throat> might not have had a, the longest career in the league, but that has been there. And they've took, cause a lot of those kids probably that go there, they don't, their goal probably is to transfer and move to a bigger school. Like and you did that with Buffalo and then to Murray state. So you're probably a very good uh, sounding board to them kind of bounce questions off. And you also probably know what the fuck you're talking about calling plays too. So those kids probably because kids are probably happy to be there. I hope so. I hope so. It's crazy. I start to feel really old, really fast <laughs> around these kids, but uh, no, nah, dude, they, they're awesome. They do a great job. We had two quarterbacks. It's a, it's a junior college where I'm coaching at right now. Yeah. So, but we had two guys with division one offers the, the starters going to Appalachian state. And then the guy you're talking about, Jordan cook, uh, he's got, you know, a couple different offers now as well. Division one. So, um it's it's pretty crazy but um, i'm proud of those guys it makes me feel old like went from player to coach really fast um but it's it's super fun no that's gotta be cool watch watching the birds leave the nest you know bigger exactly Exactly. that's gotta be the goal so no that's awesome um cool congrats on all that one last thing i wanted to close on um october 7th 2017 you're at buffalo you got a seven overtime game against Western Michigan in that game. Mm -hmm. You threw it 61 times, 597 yards and eight fucking touchdowns. One on the ground. Does that feel like it has to feel incredible? Like you're in the backyard, just throwing the ball around with your buddies. The ball is not touching the ground. Like, what does that feel like when you're just in like such a groove like that, especially in the D one college level. So like, this is high school game. You lost the game, yeah, sorry about uh, that. But yeah, no, that. it's crazy. Um, that game, that game would never happen. Now they changed the rules; it, it would not be possible for that game to happen. So they can't quite, you know, pad the stats like we were able to do that day. People but, don't know. Um, like I looked at those numbers of that game, and I was like, "Holy fuck! Seven overtimes or not? Eight touchdowns in a game? <clears throat> Six hundred yards? That's pretty fucking cool shit." Yeah, no, dude, it was it was a blast. It's that was, I think, you know, my like I said, the, the, I started the year as the backup that season, and I think that was like my second start or third start. And kind of when I started to realize, at first you're thrown in there and you're kind of like feeling it out, and that's when I kind of started to realize, like, okay, this is not quite as crazy as I thought. Like, I can play at a at a high level here, and I think like in a game that long, kind of start to get in a little bit of a groove, start to figure out you know, what they're doing defensively. And, and at a point, like what you do is kind of what you do. And so I think by that, you know, whatever the seventh overtime, they're not really throwing a bunch of stuff at us that we don't know is coming. And um, no, it was cool, dude. I mean, that, that game, like um, it was awesome. I'll I'll never forget that. And and some of those receivers, you know, we had awesome receivers. Um, one of the receivers in that game was KJ Osborne, who's crushing it now for yeah. the Vikings. Oh shit! Um, yeah, he was like the, you know like the third receiver, so he had some other really good guys too. Um, but uh, no, yeah, it was, it was a, definitely a, a super cool experience and, and fun memory for sure. Good deal. Well, then who knows? We we brought up your Wonderlick score, and 
and you just got into coaching, maybe you'll jump back into it. Maybe you'll be putting up 600 yards in an NFL game here, here in the next couple of years. We don't know. I won't give up on you. I'll, I'll pound <laughs> the table for Drew Anderson to come back. That's what we'll do for you that. as a gift for coming on this podcast. Uh, you're the man. You're the man. I appreciate that. Thank you, but, guys. Yeah, no, like I said, it was good to have you on. We DM'd. We had met before, so it was good to talk to you again. I don't remember a lot of it. Like I said, I met Drew at a Nashville bar when I was on a bachelor party. I was probably incoherent, asking really stupid, like Chris Farley questions like, so, like, what's Larry Fitzgerald like? Like, all that bullshit. <laughs> but you were nice enough to talk to me. So, yeah, it was a good time. And I'm glad I'm glad you I'm glad you take the time to talk to us. <clears throat> we appreciate it. So, absolutely. Absolutely. Might have been a few cocktails involved. I will say, though, <laughs> most guys ask that kind of question, you know, completely sober. So it's not, you know, not not the worst thing. Not I would have done it sober, too. I won't even I won't I won't lie to you. So. <laughs> but. Awesome. Well, Gary, you got anything you want to close on? No, I don't think so. I appreciate you coming on. It's been awesome talking with you. Oh, yeah, dude. Absolutely appreciate you guys having me, man. Well, do you have any questions for us? Or No, I thought I thought you guys were gonna talk a little bit more Cardinals. I mean, I know it's been a tough year. I was wondering (laughs) I was wondering where you know what moves we're making, where we're going from here, who we're drafting. I was ready, dude. We could bore you with all that shit because that's all we have at this point is the draft and uh, I know you said you like Cliff, but possibly a new head coach as well. We won't root on anyone to get fired, but that door is possibly open too. We don't know. Uh, maybe we'll have you back on after in the off season. We can go through all that boring shit. But you coming on, we didn't want to. We didn't want. We wanted to talk about you, Drew. We didn't want to be rude, so maybe we'll we'll do uh, another I episode. Appreciate on that. Well, if it, if it's any consolation, I grew up a Raider fan, so. I know, I know what it feels like to be looking forward to those draft picks. That was my whole childhood. <laughs> you know what I mean, my whole childhood was just the the draft hope every year. Uh, so, you know, never really worked out for us. So, I guess that's probably a bad comparison, hopefully for you. But uh, who knows? Well, fuck. Maybe you'll end up with the Raiders. We'll root for you there with Carr gone. Who knows? <laughs> what you? Okay, since we're talking about, what do you feel about Derek Carr? Was he your guy, or were you ready to ready to kick him out the door? Not to keep us going. Uh, I actually, uh, I like Carr. You know, I think he's he's a, a slightly above average starting quarterback for sure. I think you know he's not he's not like a a guy that's going to make your franchise like a Josh Allen or a Joe Burrow. But in his defense, like he's had to deal with a lot of crazy shit with. So much coaching change. I mean, you know, just the stuff from last year alone with the coach. Yeah. Uh, the Henry Rugg, like so much shit in his whole career. Like when he came in, they started like 0-12 his first year. Yeah, Always had terrible defenses, all these things. So it's like I, maybe it is time for both sides to move on. But uh, I think he's probably, you know, a little better than maybe the, the Raider fans have kind of given him credit for. I think in a different situation, he'd be a guy that's in the playoffs, you know, fairly consistently maybe. Um yeah. But, I liked him too. I feel like he. I mean, he five thousand yards last year. I feel like he kind of drug him to the playoffs there. And new coach comes in. It sounds like new coach says that's not my guy. And I guess the owner says it's cheaper to move off of this hundred forty million dollar quarterback. So yeah. I don't know. Kind of a weird deal. Like he said, I I like him, but he'll be a he'll be quarterback in the Colts next year, surely. So 
<laughs> I'm sure he's yeah, got he'll have a few landing spots. He'll have a few yeah. landing spots. Yeah. For sure. But, all right. We'll end on that note. We, we won't keep you too much longer. But, Drew, we appreciate it, man. And like I said, hey, maybe we'll have you back on sometime. Who knows? Absolutely. All right, fellas. Appreciate you having me. All right. Peace. Yeah, Take care.